0: said something about a lock on it. You know anything about that? It said lock or something, but I don't know. We're good. Okay. If you would, please turn again to the Acts of the Apostles. Acts chapter 3. I'll be reading Acts 3 verses 1 through 10. Acts 3. 1 through 10. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked, In amazement at what had happened to him. Blessed is the reading of God's holy, inerrant, infallible word through his servant, Luke. Let's pray. Father, through your servant, Luke, you take us to this historical moment, this encounter. And also this morning, through me as a pastor, as a teacher, help me, therefore, help me unfold. Help us see by your Spirit, by my words, the glory of your name and how pertinent it is to every one of us. To that end, glorify Jesus in the Minutes that are ahead. Amen. This man woke up this particular morning like any other day, and he had no idea that his life would be totally changed forever. He was fortunate enough to have some good friends or family members who day after day would pick him up, put him on a stretcher, carry him who knows how many blocks to the temple gate, and set him down so he can beg all day for enough money to pay rent and to eat. And so here we are, it's about 3 p.m., and he's going to have an encounter. that's going to cause him to stand up for the first time and walk since birth. And then out of pure joy, he is going to praise God as we have done in here this morning so far. He will give all the glory to God out of a heart of joy. And then he's going to cling closely to the apostles and these other Christians as the crowd gathers, and Peter will preach the saving gospel of Jesus. There it is. But this morning, I don't want us to get stuck just on the physical miracle. It was real, it's historical, it happened, and it's also a picture. It's a picture for what also happened in his soul that day. He woke up that day not expecting that either. He was born again. He was forever changed. He became a new creation, not just of ankles and and legs in order to stand and to walk, but because God, by the Holy Spirit, the Lord of Heaven, also gave to Him a new heart. He woke up and it was just another day. And many of us in this room We could also share our experiences of not having any idea when we woke up one day that salvation was coming to get us. Some of us don't know the day. Some have a hard time pinpointing even the season. But out of the blue, like at this gate that day, out of the blue, we were altered forever. You were going down the freeway in your car and you flipped through the radio and for some reason you stopped and the preacher was preaching and you couldn't turn it off. For some reason that gospel track that was given to you months before lying on the floor in your car you decided to pick it up and to read it. Or you were raised in church And then all of a sudden, all of that Jesus stuff that is in your head dropped down into your heart in a life-altering way. And like this crippled beggar, God took you by surprise. Let me just say real briefly, yes, there are many, many real genuine Christians. Unlike other Christians... Who, who cannot pinpoint the day or the season particularly those who were raised up in church and they really love Jesus just like anybody else even though they don't know exactly when there was an instantaneous moment when they were spiritually raised from death to life when they were born Again, what we see here today is that Jesus did not just temporarily heal his ankles, his legs, which is temporary because he will physically die and none of it will work. But Jesus saved his soul that day. And like the prophet Isaiah 700 years before this, prophesying about the ministry of Jesus that we saw in Jesus' earthly ministry throughout the Gospel of Luke, And now, post-death, post-resurrection, post-ascension, Jesus has not stopped to do miracles, healings. This is how Isaiah foretold it in Isaiah 35, 5-6. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. And so here's this man, he has legs now to leap for joy, totally unexpectedly. Because Jesus came and he healed his body. And he raised his soul from spiritual death to spiritual life. So let's go back to the text if you're there in Acts chapter it's 3 p.m. in the afternoon this is the standard prayer time in the temple there in Jerusalem there's tens of thousands of Jews some are there temporarily and of course many live there it's prayer time and out of all those thousands there's about 3,120 maybe more of those Jews who are also believers in Jesus this is a regular thing Peter and John have walked through this gate many times, many times over the previous week since Pentecost. They have walked right past this crippled man numerous times. So let's pick up in verse 1. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate in order for him to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive some money. But Peter said, I have no silver gold. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. So like every other day, this man begged for money to support himself. Unlike the previous day, this day was different. This day, unlike yesterday, and last week, Peter and John stopped, set their gaze upon him, and then out of the blue, something happened to Peter. I'm trying to, try to show you, this is what's happened. This man himself, he doesn't have any faith to be healed. I mean, We see that in the Gospels, and even Luke will let us know, oftentimes in Jesus' ministry, and Jesus would say, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. That is not happening here. He's not even thinking about being physically healed from being a cripple since birth. All he's thinking about is, how much money am I going to be able to get today? Can I make ends Meet And Peter says to him, "I don't have any money to give to you, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, a little out-of-the-way town of nothing. Yeah, that guy, whom Peter will say in a few minutes, publicly again, you all." crucified him and killed him. Oh, he's alive. It is in his name I say, get up and walk. And Peter took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. So, what what actually happened here? First, we know what didn't happen. This was not some innate power within the Apostle Peter. It's not it, it wasn't trickery. It wasn't hypnosis, it wasn't mind over matter, it wasn't magic, it wasn't any of those things. It, it was not anything to do, foundationally at all, with any human being who is not Christ. I say that because Peter tells us this. So, remember, this is going to draw a crowd, and we'll be coming here in the weeks, but just jump down to verse 12 for a moment. And Peter says to the crowd, because they're just astonished, they all know who this guy is, for year after year they know who he is. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power or piety we have made him well. We didn't! In other words, Peter says, the power that healed this man was not our power. And it wasn't because we're really holy men. No. What you have seen here today was not mere human Then Peter goes on, okay, if it's not that, he goes on to say what it actually was. Look at verse 16. By his name, in the context, Jesus, the one you murdered, the one God raised. By his name, and then dash or parenthesis, that is. By faith in his name, that's it, his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. And something else. The faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. So notice... First, he says, faith in Jesus' name. That's what healed the man. By faith in his name, and, and he says it this way, his name made this man, well, strong. Whose faith? I think it's absolutely obvious. It's Peter's faith. Not the man's. here. By my faith in his name has made this man well. It is that faith that caused Peter, that caused John to set their gaze upon this man and to cause Peter to say and to do what he said and what he did with the man. It was not the man's. That's the first thing. and We'll come back to that in a second. But I want you to notice Peter goes on to enlighten us further in the second half of verse 16. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Don't misread it. He didn't say, and the faith that is in Jesus. Or in Jesus' name. That's a different preposition in English and in Greek. He said, it is the faith that is through Jesus. The faith that healed this man is the faith that came to me through Jesus. That's what he's driving out. In other words, the one you murdered, when you said, no, we'll take Barabbas, the murderer, crucify him. That man who has been raised and ascended, he gave to me this day that faith to heal this man. It was the faith that came through the working of Jesus of Nazareth. That's what Peter says happened at the gate that day. So think about it. When Peter set his gaze upon this lame man, now we know why he did it today and he didn't do it the day before. Because today Jesus acted by producing in Peter a specific faith to do and to say what he did and what he said. Remember, the guy's been there every day. Peter has walked past him many, many, many times. And all of a sudden on this day, it was different. Because on this day, something happened in Peter. Verse 16 says it was the faith that came to Peter through Jesus. That's what happened. The resurrected, ascended, Living Jesus did something in Peter, and Peter knew this is the day. As if, say, let me just totally paraphrase it. Yesterday, sir, I didn't have any money either, I didn't have silver or gold. But today, today, I have something that has been given to me that is very special for you. Jesus just gave it to me. And so, I say to you, in Jesus' name, rise up and walk. And he did. That's what Peter means in verse 16 when he says, and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. In the second part, it is through Jesus, not in Jesus. So just hold on to that little piece of the puzzle just for a second. Because at the beginning of verse 16, Jesus says something different than that. Look at it. And... Jesus' name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. So there he says clearly, the healing agent, or the means by which Jesus healed him, was by the faith in his name, or it is his name that. Healed him. So, when you put the two pieces of the puzzle together, it makes a lot of sense. The faith that Jesus gave to Peter, it worked. Why? Because it was faith in Jesus' name. That's it. That's why he says, at the beginning of verse 16, Jesus' name healed him. Why would his name heal him? Well, obviously, because when you speak about the name of Jesus, it, it obviously represents the reality of who Jesus of Nazareth is. And in the context, it's clear the one you killed. The one God raised from the dead. And he has all power and all authority in heaven and on earth to do whatever he wants to do. And that day, he did something in Peter. Here it is, Peter. Do it. Give Peter what? Faith in Jesus' name. And thus, through that faith, Jesus healed the man. The name of Jesus stands for the reality of who Jesus is. So then, when you go back now to verse 6, at the gate, beautiful, you hear Peter say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. It's just another way for Peter to say, I am speaking to you the words, but Jesus is the one healing you right now. He's the one doing it, not me. And that's why Peter will go on and say, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this man who is now healed, and why do you stare at us as though by our own power, in our own holiness we had made him walk because we didn't, but I tell you what did Jesus name did it. What I mean by that is faith in Jesus' name, that is what has made His ankles and legs strong in order to leap and to walk. Oh, and by the way, the resurrected Jesus, (laughs) it was the faith that I got through Him that day. That is what has given this man perfect health in the presence of you all. So when we look at this passage, what we see then, in that historical moment, at the gate and beautiful in this miracle, it's not about Peter. It is about the divine messiahship and kingship of Jesus. It shows, as Luke began the book of Acts. In all the first volume, when I began what Jesus began to do and to teach, He is continuing to do it. It shows that His name, which represents His kingship, His messiahship, the man who conquered death and has all power and authority, is still at work now. And so Luke gives us this. Luke could have given us so many other examples of miracles in this early Jerusalem church through the apostles. Look back a few verses, remember? Chapter 2, verse 43, Luke says, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Okay. But Luke didn't want to write an account that if we read through it slowly would take us about 24 hours. He wanted to write something you can read through in an hour and 15 minutes. And he structured. And this is why I think he picks this one because this this particular one out of many led to Peter's second major evangelistic sermon in the temple grounds that day. And I don't know if it's all that day or not, but close to another 2,000 were converted to Jesus. And then that will lead, this is his structure, into the very first persecution of the church of Jesus Christ. So that's that's why I think he chooses this out of so many accounts that he could have, because they're all historical. So here we see Jesus acted. He acted on this day. He continues to do signs and wonders. And in this account, he does this sign and this wonder in order to draw the crowd. And through the crowd is Jesus' purpose from the foundation of the world and in his ministry, his apostles, and then ultimately through them down through the church age. He gives into his disciples' hands, the task of speaking, of preaching the saving gospel, as Peter will go on to do in this account. Why? Because Jesus is still working. And as he did at the gate, as Peter is preaching, Jesus will do a bunch of miracles, meaning many, well over a thousand, in raising hell-bound people to new life in Jesus Christ. And the church had grown then to 5,000. That's what he did that day. Like he did to all of us in here who love the Lord Jesus. That's the only reason we do. At the gate that day, this crippled man, based on nothing that he did. Based on nothing that he deserved, he received an instantaneous miracle by the sovereign hand of Jesus. And if you love Jesus this morning, something this is not over speak. Something far greater than that miracle happened to you. Out of the blue, sovereign, undeserved miracle happened to you. Because you might not know it, but it was Almighty God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was the resurrected, sovereign Lord Jesus who declared that you hear that preacher that day on the radio in your car. That why did the track lay there for four and a half months and that day you picked it up? Why was it that day that that family member or that person at work or friend in school who just irritated you with Jesus' talk and said, you? let me ask you a question about that. It was Jesus who sovereignly put you in a Christian family to be raised and in a local church and then down the road sovereignly, spiritually raised you from the dead. In this account, that man stood up. He walked, and out of joy, he jumped. He he leaped that day. But you got to get this. That man was not the cause of his ability to obey Peter's command. Jesus did a miracle. He did a miracle so that when the preacher said... Rise up and walk. He did it. That's the picture. That's the picture of the miracle of Jesus saving souls. Yes, the command is this. Believe. Believe in and on the Lord Jesus And you will be saved. And what is stunning is this. Many of us, like that man that day, we do it. And the question is, how is it that that man got up and walked? How is it that any of us got up and believed? How did that guy do it? He was lame and crippled from birth. The human race has been spiritually lame, crippled from birth because of the fall. We, like the man from birth, cannot get up and walk. In love with the one true God through Jesus Christ. Can't do it. This man could do nothing either. He could do nothing to heal his own legs, he could do nothing to change his physical condition. And there is nothing he nor any of us born since Adam could do to heal our own spiritual condition of darkness, of heart, and guilt for our sins in the presence of the Holy God. There is no act. There are no good deeds. There is no self-transformation program that would heal our problems with God which is our guilt in His holiness we could join every organization on earth whether religious or just do-goodism religion or secularism and the truth of Isaiah 64 6 will remain the same all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. We are the lame, crippled man at the gate. And I, I heard some amens. And so therefore, this man did not get up in leap and shout praise about himself. "Look at me! I can walk. I'm really something." But this is what we read in verse eight. And leaping up, he stood. And began to walk and entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. Because it's so simple for Him to know. It was 100% an act of God that I walk now. Christian, do you know that that's true about you? To the extent we praise, it might be very relevant. For by grace have you been saved. Through faith, that grace and that faith was not your own doing. It was the gift of God so that no person may boast. So let's be, let's be those who praise Him with real, heartfelt joy I love that verse 8. I know i got these stupid tunes in my head from 37 years of Christianity that, because of these words. But just hear the words without the tunes in my head. He was walking. And he was leaping. And he was praising God. He was praising God. Not silly giddiness, Because this sermon was preached and other Christians are around me and put a smile on my face. That's not the point and that's not the point here. This is a deep, deep deep-rooted foundational joy and thankfulness in the midst of real ongoing life. Year after year and decade after decade. And it includes many unhappy struggles. Crying. Pain, depressions, joys. Peter at the gate that day, decades later, he will write. Because God caused you to be born again unto a living hope that is in the future. It's after your death, after Christ returns and raises you from the dead, It's there. It's reserved, kept in heaven for you. Even though now for a little while you cry, you grieve, because God's up to something, tested God, genuineness of your faith which is more precious than gold that perishes even though it's tested by fire that faith may be found to result in praise and honor and glory the revelation the second coming of Jesus Christ and so then then this is where it is, this is where it gets he leaped and he praised God believer even though you have never as Peter has seen Jesus you love him even though you do not now see him you believe in him you rejoice with a joy that is it's inexpressible it's filled with glory and you are obtaining as the outcome of your faith not simply to walk for a few more years and perish Your obtaining is the outcome of your faith. The salvation of who you are. Your soul. In the resurrection. Forever. And so it is. Praiseworthy if you're a believer. In the midst of life. Praise God. My sins are forgiven. Christ's righteousness has been imputed to me. The Holy God looks at me, a sinner, as He looks at His perfect Son in His humanity forever. And He is just in doing it. Because I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ. He lives in me. In the life I now live, I live by faith. Got to hear Paul here. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. No, he means that. No, no. He went to the cross particularly for Paul. particularly. He loved me and gave himself up for me. We praise God. Heaven is mine. Walking and leaping and praising God. I am saved. And so never forget, dear Christian, We are the man at the gate of heaven. And Jesus said to us, Get up and come on in. Let's pray. Father, You are holy God who did not Spare your own son, but you gave him and you delivered him up for our sin, to punish our sin in him. Oh, we're desperate for faith through you, Lord Jesus. To believe the, the magnificent words of the gospel written on the pages of Scripture. That how therefore will you not Through Jesus, give us all things that we need to endure. So that no matter what come, hell, high water, floods, fires, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your indescribable gift. Amen. Let's praise him.